Welcome back in to The Rock Pod, presented by the Royal Oak, Michigan Chamber of Commerce. I am John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. And I'm Trish Kruth, third generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. I'm Lisa Bibby, your neighborhood realtor with Keller Williams Advantage. Very happy today to be joined by Michael Gordon of MGA Architects. Michael, thanks for coming on the podcast. Glad to be here. Let's start by just right out of the gate. Uh, tell us about your business and how it started and what you do. So we're a full service architectural firm. Uh, we started over 30 years ago, and I was started by default. <laughs> I was working for a uh, architectural firm, a medium-sized architectural firm, and one day my boss called me and said, hey, Gordon, get in here. My son-in-law's attorney needs a house design. We don't do houses. It was a strictly commercial firm. So I designed a house renovation for him, and what my boss didn't realize at the time was his family was involved in development, so I wound up doing more and more projects for them. And this was 30 years ago when the commercial market fell apart. And I walked into my boss and said, hey, you know what? I got some side stuff going on. And I walked out, stayed friends with them. And the rest is history. I parlayed that into a uh, successful 30-plus year business. We do high-end residential, multifamily residential, commercial uh, renovation and new uh, hospitality retail. And one of our big clients are dental centers. We've done over 400 dental centers in southeastern Michigan, and I have two full-time people. That's all they do. Wow. Once you get in good with the suppliers for the dental industry, the dentists call the suppliers and said, hey, I need all the latest and greatest equipment. And they come in and say, ain't going to fit in your office. They call these guys. They'll make us look good. They'll make the uh, space work for you. Thank you for the reminder so of floss today, by the way. <laughs> yes, I... <laughs> Trust me, when I go to all these meetings, I make sure that I have the pearly whites out in front. If you're going to show um, broccoli in your teeth or popcorn or anything like that. <laughs> exactly. And the nice thing is, you know, working at the high-end part of the residential market, you see all the trends, and I can bring the latest and greatest down to my more modest clients and into the multifamily industry because the high end of the market wants the latest and they want the newest things. So I can refine those things and then help bring it down into the rest of the market. That's been a real, um, you know, keeps us fresh, keeps us new, and people come back to us for more. And I've been in business long enough that I've been remodeling things that I had already remodeled. So, Michael, you had mentioned new trends, and I love to find out what are the new trends that you're seeing from a design aspect? Well, the last few years have certainly started shaping our relationship to the built environment. The open floor plan concept when more and more people were sort of stuck inside their houses, they realized that the open plan has limitations. That when you're working from home and your kids are there and your spouse is also working from home, we're finding we're moving back into a slightly more compartmentalized environment that you need to have that extra space that you can go to and shut off. And a lot of people, you know, get to the point now where they said, you know, that open kitchen concept, seeing all the dirty dishes staring me in the face. So now we're seeing that we're reverting somewhat back to a more traditional floor plan where rooms are much more separate from each other. There's still a lot of eating kitchens, but then the family room becomes somewhat adjunct to that, where you leave that environment and move into the family room. That's where we're headed. Um, the other big thing that has happened over the last few years, outdoor entertainment spaces. Almost every project I do includes some sort of covered outdoor entertainment space because people want to blend the inside, the outside. Spending a lot of time at home, you still want to be outside. But you want to be sheltered, you want that outdoor TV, you want that outdoor kitchen, the barbecue area. So people have been investing in their backyards. And that's, I think, a trend that will continue as we continue to stay at home. 
I think even after we get out of this sort of pandemic, I think people realize that, hey, there's a lot to be said. So you get home at the end of the day and you can just relax in your own backyard. So I think those are some of the current trends. And then, of course, the newest colors, the all white, white on white kitchen, white countertops is going to the wayside. We're seeing a lot of bolder colors coming into you know, reds and greens and blues. So I think people are not afraid of color anymore. And that also gets back to compartmentalizing the house. You can do one very bold room. It doesn't necessarily keep flowing into the rest of the house. So I think that's some of the trends that we're seeing for 2023. I know, Michael, you just mentioned the pandemic. And I know the pandemic has changed a lot of how everyone conducts their business. How have you had to adapt to fit the needs of your clients? Well, when the pandemic first hit, I was the only one who came to the office. We had a staff of 10 and I was alone. We really perfected the Zoom meeting. Uh, <laughs> we've, you know, became a necessity. I created a studio. It became a challenge because it's hard. You know, there's no expression about radio that it's trying to watch ballet on the radio. It's really hard <laughs> to do my job not in person because there is a lot of interaction with the client. There was a lot of extra work that needed to be done, and communication became really important. And the interactive computer screen was very helpful with this, where we could actually draw in real time in front of the client while they could see it on their computer. Now that we're moving back, it's becoming somewhat, you know, back to normal, as it were. I'm having more and more face meetings with them, and it really is much more productive. The other challenge, too, is not having face time with my own employees. You know, you mark something up, you send it to them, and you get back 75%. Or they, some of the things you thought were being clearly communicated, obviously were not. You know, a lot of times the written word is a lot different than the visual. So it's been uh, very interesting. We've managed to survive. I've kept all my employees. Now, the other side of the employee issue was when we started bringing people back, a couple of the employees said, oh, I really like working at home. I'm not coming back. Mm. And I actually had two people resign saying, I'm going to find a job where I can work remotely forever. So that, that was a challenge. We've replaced them. But there was two schools of thought. There are the people that think they can do everything remotely and then my school of thought is you're much more productive when you're here with me. So hold both true for you know customer relations and employees. Certainly a truth as we've seen in the pandemic and divergent viewpoints on that. You mentioned the dentist's yeah. office earlier, Michael. Do you have an ideal client? If I said, who's your ideal client, what would your answer to that question be? Well, wow, that's, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, the ideal client and I have an expression, do what you do best and write a check for all the rest. I like that. The ideal client is someone who respects what you're doing and gets out of your way hmm. and really lets you do your job. And the proof is in the pudding. I have clients that, you know, when they move into their house or their office, they come back to me and they said, you know, you gave me everything I asked for and more. And I said, that's because you let me do my job. Yeah. Micromanaging. I have several clients who micromanage everything. Hmm. And, you know, you sort of, I don't think you lose interest, but you sort of like, okay, you're going to second guess everything. So I'm just going to give them this because it's not going to be good enough anyway. So those kind of clients are the best clients and especially ones that have, um, how should we say, deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's true of any business owner. Those are the clients that's you want, right? <laughs> But good design, some people will edit themselves. They say, oh, I, my budget is this, so I know I can't afford this. And I say, ah, you don't know. Put everything on the table. You know, they say, here's my wish list, here's my wants, and here's the ideal world if I could have everything. 
And I said, just put it all out there because sometimes just through good design, you can achieve some of those things without really spending more money. You know, and then I try to prove that. So Michael, speaking of designs, are you incorporating any green features into your designs? Yes. We have some clients that we've done everything from solar panels to uh, sourcing. Um, one of the big things is locally sourcing materials because of the carbon footprint of transportation. So we have a lot of like tiles that are actually made in Michigan and products that are made here. And especially, you know, products that are made in the continental United States. Now, that being said, ironically, some things that come from Europe actually have a smaller footprint than things that are shipped from California. And people lose sight of the fact that that can be true. That, you know, a boat coming across from Europe uses a smaller footprint of carbon than a truck driven across the country. Hmm. So, you know, it's funny because people say, oh, I bought it. It's made in the USA. I said, yes, but where was it? Huh. Where are you? I just recently heard that they're using wooden tall ships to ship products over, mainly because so many of the larger container ships are being held up. So the tall wood ships are actually able to deliver products faster. Shocking world we're living in. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I've had product that's been held up in ports because of COVID, because they wouldn't let them dock because of an outbreak on board. You try to explain to your client, well, I can't get you that bathtub because it's sitting off the coast somewhere. Right. <laughs> all, yeah, everyone on board is sick. So, yeah, the other thing, too, that COVID has taught us, you have to be flexible. You know, if you have your heart set on a certain item, you better have a backup because, you know, we had product that you, you go to the client and say, well, that's 12 months out. And you say, wait a second, I don't want to wait 12 months for my refrigerator. And I said, well, here's a close match to what you want, and it's available in eight weeks. So flexibility has been the key thing to getting through the last few years. And I think moving forward, it's still going to be an issue because resources are still going to be scarce for a a couple of years. And you see the consolidation in the industry over time, too. And some of the companies stopped making the luxury products because they were making so much money and they were selling so much in the middle part of their range that they actually said, we're not making the luxury items anymore because our production housing and our production is using up all of our resources. Michael, is there a geographical area that you service in particular? I know you're based here, but how far out do you go? Uh, We've actually worked in several foreign countries and uh, more than a dozen states, especially in Florida. My clients will migrate this time of year to Florida, and I've done projects down there and have spent a lot of time in Florida and the Naples, Miami areas. I'll follow my client. Uh, we've done projects in Canada, uh, the West Indies. Uh, wherever the clients want to go and pay for us to go, we're happy to go with them. What has your role been in the chamber? My role in the chamber? Mm-hmm. Well, I first joined, God, decades ago. And I really like to participate. I'm a social person. I've generated work from it. I mean, one of the principal goals of joining the chamber is to connect to clients and find new clients and get referrals. And I've also found people that I can refer. The best thing about the chamber is if someone says, I need a building, I say, well, I got the person for you. And it's a referral through the chamber because I know these people. Or I need a, an internet supplier, you know, to wire my house. I know that person. It reinforces the client that you are a resource that you come to for a lot of things above and beyond the architecture. And I like having that as a resource. My role was I was on the board of directors for 10 years and I was president a number of years ago. But after that, a much level of involvement, and then I really needed to focus on my principal business. As I move forward, I've also been involved in more charity organizations. 
I'd still like today we had a uh, cookie cutting for Avalon Bakery and I went to that. It was great. It was only two blocks from my office. It was well attended and again, reconnecting with some people I hadn't seen in a while. It's always great. The FaceTime and um, always learning something new. I think that's the other thing too, is learning about someone else's business. Speaking about learning, Michael, what other benefits do you see that the chamber offers that you wish people knew about? There's so many that I'm trying to focus on just a couple of them. But, you know, again, above and beyond the business connections, there's actually, we've done things to help people with their business, you know, finding resources for them and giving them business plans and helping them get their business up and running. And just a number of, again, the resources are helping you create your business and helping you promote your business. And there's a lot of avenues that people just aren't even aware of everything from the billboard sign to uh, in touch magazine. I mean, there's a lot of ways in both the print and the uh, other media to get your name out there and just even volunteering at some of the events and really giving back to the community. I think the Woodward corners, I mean, they made a good point that they are invested in the community and the more you invest in the community, the more you get back from it. And I think those are the kind of things that we promote. And um, just building a sense of community is a big part of it. Love it. Michael, back to your business. What are your uh, plans for 2023? More of the same. More of the same, I hope. Um, yeah, we're going to hit the ground running. Recently just signed up a number of clients looking to expand into the multifamily residential, which, as we know, interest rates have pushed up doesn't affect a lot of my clients, but there are a lot of people who, because of both the interest rates and the cost of building, we're hoping that we see the economy cool off just enough to bring prices down so that people will start doing more projects at their home. Mm -hmm. But again, the multifamily, there's a real need for alternate housing. I have several multifamily projects. As a matter of fact, I'm probably meeting on one just next week to introduce it to the city so that we can get preliminary uh, go-ahead. Um, It'll be 18 units of affordable housing in a near-end suburb. And then we have another project that just started construction. It's a building conversion. It's a wonderful adaptive reuse. Again, it's like 18 units of what will be micro housing units. Again, filling a need. Being nimble like we are, we can attack the market. You know, If the high end is buzzing, we're at the high end. If the introductory market is buzzing, we can recalibrate and go after that. So the other thing is just being nimble in what you're pursuing and trying to read the market. And I think the trend right now is for the more affordable end of the market because one of the big drivers right now of the inflation is the rental market going higher and higher and higher and the cost of housing in general. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun? (laughs) Well, the good news is my job is fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you should really do what you enjoy. And I've always wanted to be an architect since I was two (laughs) So I'm privileged that I get to do exactly what I've always wanted to do and enjoy it. But for fun, I like to go out to restaurants. Like I said, I do charity work. I go jogging and running and, you know, trying to get the exercise in that my doctor keeps pushing. I hear that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, museums, movies. I mean, I just renewed my uh, DIA membership so I can go to the Van Gogh exhibit. Trying to be, you know, active in the community. All right, it is now time for our fishbowl question of the day, Michael, where we pull a totally random question for you. So, Lisa, let's have you pull our fishbowl question of the day, please. All right, Michael, get ready. This is a good one. Okay. What is the best 
piece of advice that you've ever received? Oh, the best piece of advice from a business standpoint. Anything, life, business, you name it. Well, the one that's really stuck with me is if you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. Ah. You know, if people ask for something real specific, you have to really take apart the question. And I'm going to use an example that there was a historic building in downtown Detroit that they had asked several architects to design a barrier-free entrance to the building. Well, they got these ramps and these railings and all this convoluted stuff. So I stepped back from the question. And I said, no, the answer is I have to get a wheelchair from the sidewalk to your door. I said, if we simply take the sidewalk that runs down the side of your building, dig it out, repiss it at a half percent grade, it gets to your door. It's not a ramp. It doesn't need railings. And it's going to cost you $50,000 as opposed to 200000 huh. And I stunned the board. And they went, that is such an elegant solution. I said, you kept asking for a ramp and you kept getting a ramp. I gave you a solution. Wow. So I think that's the best advice someone said, you know, restate the question to get the right answer. I love that. Michael, if somebody listening wants to contact you or your firm, what are the best ways to contact you? Uh, phone, email, website, give it all to us. The phone is 248-549-4500. You can also reach me at M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G at M-G-A, and then a phone dash, middle of the line dash, A-R-C-H-I-T-E-C-T-S dot net. Those are the best two ways to get a hold of me. And the initial consultation is free. I just want to come out and see if there is a project. And don't be afraid. You know, some people are afraid of, you know, most people haven't worked with an architect, especially on the residential side. And I said, I try to make it very user-friendly. I've learned to speak English uh-huh. to people as opposed to architect ease. Very helpful. You know, I try to assure people, and a real funny was um, years ago I interviewed and I was the fifth architect that people had spoken to. And at the end, when I left, the wife turned to the husband and said, we're not going to hire him. All he did was crack jokes and wander around and ask his personal questions. Well, I was putting them at ease because they had a prepared script and I know that. And then they got the proposal back and they said, you were the only one who had listened to it. And they said, you had everything we asked for in the proposal, and they hired me. Communication is real important. It's been so great to have you on the show, Michael. My name is Lisa Bibby. I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Advantage, and I put the real back in realtor. It's a new year and looking to sell your house before the competition? Give me a call for a free consultation. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Sold by Lisa B. I'm Trish Carruth, third-generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. I specialize in creating custom engagement wedding rings and fine jewelry. Feel free to check out our new showroom slash design studio in the heart of downtown Royal Oak at 4th and Washington. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Personal Jeweler or our website, www.thepersonaljeweler.com. And I am John Gay from Jagging Detroit Podcast. I'm the podcast guy. If you'd like me to help create a podcast for you to market yourself and stand up from your competition in 2023, you can find me online at jaggindetroit.com. Michael's, Lisa's, Trisha's, and my information will be in our show notes. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Rock Pod, produced for the Royal Oak Chamber of Commerce. For more information about chamber events or how to get involved with the chamber, you can visit royaloakchamber.com. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>